the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Al Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, my friends. Let's talk about political correctness regarding Fiesta Week and Texas history, okay? Fiesta Week. Fiesta Week celebration in San Antonio is, uh, you know, we've forgotten what its roots are, but it is akin to uh, the 4th of July uh, in the rest of the United States. Fiesta Week is, uh, is an event that honors the memory of the battles of the Alamo and San Jacinto, okay? And the battles of the Alamo and San Jacinto, of course, are... Uh, battles that took place during the Texas uh, Texas's efforts to uh, gain independence from Mexico. San Jacinto was the final battle, and that's where Santa Ana was defeated, and Santa and and uh, Texas uh, won its independence there. Uh, so it is. I mean, Fiesta San Antonio originated with that idea of um, uh, of being a a celebration of Texas independence. However, however. We now have, uh, uh, on this first segment, let's talk about this situation where we've got a, a, a situ- we've got some students from UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio here, who are questioning the Fiesta celebration and saying that it has ra- racist b- b- uh, roots. Uh, you know, again, this is just the latest uh, effort by liberals le- uh, and leftists to revise Texas history. These students, uh, uh, one of them, uh, Luke Valdez, who is uh, president of the um, Mexican-American Student Association, he says that after Texas independence, many people were celebrating it as a celebration of white supremacy, dominance, colonization of Mexico, uh, of Mexico, of Texas. Uh, You know, uh, uh, my friends. Oh, and he goes on to say that it, uh, it, it was a celebration of slavery, imperialism, fascism, and manifest destiny. You know, this is what they are learning from their liberal professors, from their leftist professors in, uh, in Texas. Because let's, let's make sure that we understand this, my friends. My understanding that the vast majority of the celebrations uh, for Fiesta Week have some type of Mexican-Hispanic uh, root, uh, involvement. I mean, everything from the Rey that Rey fell to the to the uh, uh, Battle of Flowers Flores uh, events. You know, we even have uh, we even have a uh, Queen of Soul. I, I'm not sure exactly where where they're getting off on this racist thing, other than they are repeating like little parrots what they have been told by, uh, by, by these liberal professors. Then, then on top of that, you've got the, the news uh, quotes, uh, a native from Mexico City. Now, let's face it, my friends, like I have mentioned before, Mexicans in Mexico, particularly Mexican politicians, seem to have an anxiety, a, an inferiority complex towards the United States. Because everything that is wrong in Mexico, they blame on the United States. Everything, everything. Their poverty, their corruption, uh, their crime, everything is the United States' fault. And here we've got this Mexican native, uh, Denise Frausto, who uh, says that the 10, and this is what she says, that the 10-day festival is a slap in the face to Mexican culture. I would like for her to go downtown and see how many Mexican-oriented events are going on. I mean, for crying out loud. 
night in old San Antonio. I mean, uh, what is happening, uh, the, the events that are happening at La Villita, uh, again, La Villita, what, is, is that French? Is that, uh, is that Italian? No, 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 that's, that's Spanish, okay? The events that are happening at Market Square, El Mercado, uh, again, what is that? Is that Irish? Uh, you know, I don't get, I just don't understand this. But again, again, these liberals and, 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 and leftists who have poisoned the minds of these kids uh, again, their view, they view Texas history uh, as, as an event where slave owners, quote-unquote, uh, revolted against Mexico who outlawed slavery. Well, I got news for you, my friends. Mexico didn't outlaw slavery. Spain did. And Spain did it before Mexico declared its independence. In fact, one of the reasons why Mexico declared its independence was because they wanted slavery. Yes, you know, uh, you know, again, if you've ever seen a more racist society, visit Mexico or better yet, watch Mexican TV. All of the blondes on their soap operas, all of their blonde and blue eyed uh, uh, protagonists and, and heroes, you know, I- I'm sorry, you know, uh, it, oh, oh, and they love to make fun of Indian looking people, brown people. And blacks, there are blacks in Mexico along the Tampico uh, coast, you know, who were brought as, guess what? As, guess what? They were brought as slaves to Mexico. But that doesn't matter. (laughs) That doesn't matter to these folks. Uh, Again, it is a narrative that is absolutely, absolutely so skewed. So, you know, uh, uh, the, the Battle of the Alamo, the celebration of San Jacinto, well, it's become racist. Now, on the, on the heels of that, on the heels of that commentary, because the news ran with that story, of course, the local, the local folks, the local news ran with that story, there was another opinion piece that also ran very, very widely. Now, the two, the, the, these two stories uh, were running side by side thanks to the Hearst newspapers here in, San, here in Texas. The Houston Chronicle, which owns the San Antonio Express now, and of course the San Antonio Express running, running this one about Fiesta being racist. Well, Houston, the Houston Chronicle ran uh, the one, uh, this next one, which uh, talks about, which was an opinion piece by some guy named Chris Tomlinson uh, in Houston, who criticized Texas Cowboys and the Alamo. Now, again, According to Tomlinson, Texas needs to rebrand itself away from the racially charged myths. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if Mr. Tomlinson has ever seen or heard of the Buffalo Soldiers, who are very, very prominent in West Texas history, not to mention along the border. Okay, the Buffalo Soldiers; these were freed. Blacks who served in the cavalry, who helped to pacify the Comanche and Apache Indians in uh, in Far West Texas. In fact, the reason that Far West Texas became so pacified so quickly was because the Buffalo Soldiers were the ones that did it, not the Texas Rangers. The other thing with the Texas Rangers. He talks about how racist the Texas Rangers, and he, he makes this comment, okay? He makes this comment about how every time that he goes, he visits the Alamo, and he sees Houstonians donning cowboy hat uh, for Go Texas Day. He wonders how much longer the long, tall Texas shtick, as he puts it, the long, tall Texan stick of blazing guns and big hats and high boots, and he adds... Ethnic warfare will continue in the state. Ethnic warfare, he calls it. Now, what I find very, very interesting is how he, he, he criticizes big hats and boots. Okay? Uh, it, it just appears to me like Mr. Tomlinson, uh, his views of Western, of Western clothing, he views it in racial terms. And I would wonder, I would ask him, I would ask him, does he judge somebody who is wearing baggy pants? Uh, with their underwear showing, is he going to, sh- to, to, to judge them in the same way? I mean, really, you know, is he going to judge 
some Mexican that uh, just crossed the border who's dressed I- I- inappropriately, so to speak? Is he going to judge them just because of, by, by their dress? Tomlinson says that the Alamo and the Cowboys are losing their appeal uh, as the proportion of white Anglo-Texans shrinks. Again, you know, this man has no knowledge, no knowledge of cowboy hats and Texans because, my friends, in, in northern Mexico, in Norteño, in the Norteño culture, boots and hats are the thing. In fact, in Mexico City, they laugh at the Norteños because they, they, they wear cowboy hats and boots. And Mexico City, of course, is like New York City. It's supposed to be very, very uh, highbrow and sophisticated. But, you know, apparently Mr. Tomlinson doesn't understand that. Again, the other aspect of it is uh, how uh, he only sees these things in, in terms of, of white racism. That white racism is prevailing. The fact of the matter is, my friends, that there was a multitude. There was a multitude of different nationalities, different ethnic and racial groups in Texas that fought for Texas liberty. They fought for Texas liberty. There were even some freed blacks. Oh, my gosh. Freed blacks over in Harris County. Yeah. Yeah. And there were certainly a lot of Mexican Tejanos, including my family, Tejanos that fought for Texas liberty against Mexican tyranny. The, the, the battle, I mean, my, the situation, again, my friends, where these students and this character Tomlinson call, Mex- call Texas occupied Mexico could, be, could not be further from the truth. Occupied Mexico. It is not occupied Mexico. Because it was Spanish much longer than it was Mexican. And Mexico, Mexico behaved in an unconstitutional, tyrannical manner that provoked the revolt. Texas is no more, Texas is no more occupied Mexico than Massachusetts is occupied England. Okay? Let's make sure that we understand that. If 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 Texas is occupied Mexico, then in, then then uh, Massachusetts, Virginia, Georgia, North Carolina, that's occupied England, and they're not. It was a revolt for freedom and liberty. I'm telling you, my friends, I'm telling you, there is a real effort to rewrite history. Texas is not perfect. There have been atrocities. There have been sad situations. But the fact of the matter is, my friends that there is this this is uh, the best state in my book in the in the nation and this nation is the best nation in the world once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio if you can find south texas we'll be right back stay tuned tell your friends we'll be right back El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friend. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, saying hello to you. This past week was very, very busy. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my friends down in uh, Corpus Christi, where uh, I uh, spoke at, a, at an event on uh, tax day on the, on the 15th. And uh, it was a very, very, very good crowd. Uh, I want to thank Suzanne uh, Guggenheim down there. For uh, for inviting me, I also uh, want to give a big shout out to um, our friends 
in uh, New Braunfels in Comal County, the Hill Country Tea Party. Uh, I participated with them also uh, on Monday the uh, 15th, uh, their rally, their big event. They were in the middle of the square uh, there in New Braunfels. It was a lot of fun. You know, the little roundabout that they have in uh, in New Braunfels right in the middle of town. Uh, and uh, there were about 20, 30 uh, individuals that showed up to uh, hold up signs and, uh, and um, protest tax day, so to speak, uh, as well as to uh, support uh, President Trump and uh, call out for uh, uh, the wall and a few other things. So it was a lot of fun. So I want to give a big shout out to the Hill Country Tea Party. So uh, let's start. Uh, this is uh, Saturday, April 21st. Um, let's start out as we usually do with the um, immigration news. Now, uh, before I forget, we're going to try to get uh, a uh, an interview with, um, uh, in fact, a couple of them. Uh, one with um, our good friend, um, my good friend, uh, Dwayne Stovall, uh, who is uh, uh, doing uh, a round. Uh, he, he's uh, covering the state uh, with his... Uh, effort to uh, get people to, to the polls, uh, and uh, we, we want to chat with him because um, he is uh, considering if he's not uh, already going to uh, run make a run for, uh, for, for uh, the U.S. Senate. Uh, there's also a friend of mine, um, Manfred Wendt, who is the executive director of um, the conservatives, college conservatives. And um, College Conservatives of Texas. Let me make sure that I got that correct. And uh, Manfred is going to be chatting with us about uh, his organization and uh, the uh, efforts of conservatives on uh, on campuses. Very, very interesting uh, questionnaire came up uh, or, or discussion came up in Austin this past week regarding uh, funding of uh, colleges uh, that uh, – that, um, uh, do not uh, allow for free speech. In other words, don't uh, allow for uh, conservatives to rally. Don't protect them. Don't allow uh, for conservative speakers on on campuses. And I think that's a very, very valid question, my friends. I think it's a very, very valid question. So uh, let's jump into the news uh, regarding um, uh, the illegal immigration news that's been going on. First of all, you know, uh, the the Democrats they really have some misplaced values. This past week, the New York State Legislature, uh, the Democrats, of course, in the New York State Legislature, uh, are proposing to fund college for illegal aliens. Uh, but at the same time, they are considering cutting the funding for Gold Star families. Now, Gold Star family, my friends, is uh, is a family who has uh, given the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice, where uh, one of uh, one of their uh, well, usually one of the, the parents, one either the mother or the father, have uh, have been killed in action, uh, or as part of uh, while serving in the military, and uh, these folks are uh, being denied funding, while illegal aliens who entered the country uh, should I use that word one more time illegally, they uh, they're going to get uh, college funding. I, I don't understand that, my friends. Talk about misplaced values. Uh, so at the same time, uh, there have been an, uh, there was a uh, victory. There was a victory in the courts last week uh, when the Ninth Circuit, uh, of all places, the Ninth Circuit uh, in California, uh, which traditionally has ruled against Trump, uh, they handed President uh, a rare immigration victory, and uh, the court uh, temporarily lifted lifted it uh, the order that had uh, prevented. Uh, this migrant protection protocols or this uh, MPP, uh, which uh, the Trump administration had established this policy that required Central Americans that were seeking asylum, instead of coming and being released into the United States pending their court date, and of course they never show up for their court date, but um, they were uh, they are now uh, going to be rem- to remain in Mexico. Uh, awaiting their appearance in the immigration court. Now, that is a big, big victory, my friends, because initially 
uh, the court had said, no, 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 you can bring them in and uh, you had to process them. Well, now they're going to have to wait in Mexico. And uh, this uh, policy can't be implemented fast enough, my friends. I mean, it is these uh, asylum seekers are entering in in the thousands, in the thousands. So uh, that's a that's a victory that's going on. On the other hand, you've got uh, a ridiculous comment coming from our dear friend uh, Robert Beto O'Rourke here in Texas. Here in Texas, uh, you know, and again, the, he exposes his intellectual shallowness. I'll I'll use that phrase, intellectual shallowness. He criticized President uh, Trump for cutting off the aid to the three Central American countries, the Triangle, as they call it. Uh, who are most responsible for uh, for the illegal immigration, the migrants, as they call them. And uh, he claims, O'Rourke claims, that uh, by cutting off the funding to these, organ- to these nations, it's going to spark more immigration. It's going to spark more uh, illegal immigration. You know, uh, we've got to send a message to these nations that, that are sending these, uh, these illegals to us. We've got to send a message to it. And if it... If, and this is the best way. Cut off the foreign aid. That's the best way. Also, my friends, and this is really, really disturbing. This is very, very disturbing. Last Tuesday, it was announced that um, 20 uh, migrants, again, 20 illegal aliens from the Democratic Republic of the Congo had been uh, stopped and were being monitored in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico, as well as by um, the Border Patrol and health officials in Laredo. Uh, the reason being because um, the World Health Organization has recently declared, the, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, has recently declared it a, uh, a, a place with a global emergency because of Ebola. Ebola, of course, my friends, is a very dangerous, infectious Disease. It can spread very, very easily, very, very quickly, not only by coughing and sneezing, uh, you know, but uh, also uh, by by uh, you touching an implement that's not clean or uh, a person having a, an open sore touches yours. Uh, it, it's it's a very, very, and not only that, it is a fast moving disease. It will get to you. You will get sick within hours. And uh, without proper uh, attention, you could, you're, you're dead. You're dead within 24 or 48 hours. This is how dangerous the disease is. And now it could be, it could be at our very doorstep. It's also distressing that, uh, that the Border Patrol agents uh, who are already worked now are being, and they're subjected to physical attacks. I mean, there's been more physical attacks on the Border Patrol lately than ever before. Well, now, now they're being exposed to Ebola. I mean, you know, not only have they been exposed to TB and measles, now they're being exposed to, to Ebola. My friends, it is germ warfare that we're looking at at this point. I don't know how else to, uh, to uh, describe it. Finally, there's the hypocrisy of the, uh, of the Democrats regarding sanctuary cities and their wanting, their willingness to protect illegal aliens. Okay, so President Trump, uh, a week ago last Friday... Uh, decided he would he would tweak the nose of all of these Democrats in their sanctuary city communities by telling them uh, by announcing should I say that he was going to uh, send uh, these uh, illegal aliens that are being that are being released from detention centers he was just going to go ahead and send them to the sanctuary communities well of course you know uh, when he f- initially made that comment uh, there were uh, you know uh, all of these um, Sanctuary communities like Ron Emanuel in Chicago and Mayor Jim Kenney in, in Philadelphia, they immediately jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, yes, we're going to welcome them. We're going to welcome them. 48 hours later, after they said that we we're going to welcome them, they changed their tunes. On Sunday, the 14th, last Sunday, uh, Democrats uh, led by Nancy Pelosi denounced, denounced, opposed this proposal uh, as just a political tactic. Well, in speaking to uh, Fox News on Sunday, uh, Senator Ben Cardin from uh, from Maryland, who is one of the most liberal and uh, open borders guys, he said that the president was using the plan to energize his base. And uh, Nancy Pelosi said that she opposed the idea. All of a sudden, they said, not in my backyard. I mean, it, it is it is absolute hypocrisy, absolute hypocrisy on their part. 
you know, they're willing, they're willing to defy immigration laws. They are willing to defy immigration laws. But when the president calls on, calls on them and says, okay, you take care of them in your backyard. I mean, they are illegal and this is exactly what you're, what you are wanting. Let's send them to your community. All of a sudden they said, no, 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 no. So in other words, you want to be a sanctuary city, but you want to do it on your own terms, right? Is that it? Here in San Antonio, my friends, here in San Antonio, we've got, we've got a very liberal mayor who has uh, instructed the police department to, um, to uh, not cooperate with, the, uh, with uh, immigration law enforcement. And consequently, they've gotten themselves into big trouble because uh, a couple of years ago, there was a, uh, a truck full of illegal aliens that was stopped. And uh, rather than holding them as witnesses in human smuggling, they were released. And nobody knows where they've disappeared to. <laughs> nobody knows where they've gone. So uh, there is no case against this human smuggler. So, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is typical of the, these situations. So anyway, that's, uh, my friends, we've got, uh, we've got some real problems. We're going to uh, go ahead and take a break, and we will be right back shortly. Uh, but once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. My friends, we have got to keep the light of freedom shining. We've got to keep the, the, the fires of freedom and liberty shining. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more news and commentary. My friends, once again, George Rodriguez and Juan Cervador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Let's talk a little bit more now, or let's talk a little bit about this battle that we've got going with uh, defining uh, freedom versus socialism. We have a, a real problem. Uh, Benny, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, the Democrat um, uh, presidential candidate and avowed, self-avowed Democratic socialist, uh, he was on TV. He was on TV on Fox News uh, on a town hall meeting the other day and uh, defending his socialist policies. And the number one socialist policy that he was defending, of course, is uh, the health care is Medicare for everyone, health care for everyone. Um, again, you know, where is the money going to come from? Who pays for what and how much? Uh, you know, this this situation and even, you know, what was very, very interesting is that at one point, even he said that health care is not free, that uh, you should, but you, here, here's how he phrased it, and these are his exact words. He said, but you should pay for it when you use it. Well, I mean, <laughs> when don't you, that's the whole idea of health care, my friends, that you're going to use it. So uh, so if you're going to use it, you're going to pay for it. No kidding. Now, that was, that was a, a, a bright comment. So uh, what is this whole situation with, with freedom? versus uh, socialism. You know, my friends, one of the things that really, really irks me is uh, there, there seems to be a hesitancy by uh, Republicans uh, to confront the, the radical left and the radical idea of, of socialism. Democrats keep moving, you know, to the left and embracing these radical ideas like socialism. At the same time, Republicans, you know, they need to propose their own radical ideas and hold on to them. Like freedom, like independence, like like free, uh, like a free economy. You know, when Democrats propose radical ideas like reparations for uh, descendants of slaves and or Medicare for everybody, including illegal aliens, or, or the Green Plan, you know these uh, these are very very wild radical uh, ideas. They should be, you know, the, the Republicans should propose policies that support individual and economic freedom, you know, and ideas that are based on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. That's what they should be doing in response to, their, to, those, to those ideas. Republicans should support personal freedom to protect and defend individual rights of legal lawful citizens. What do we mean by that? Well, citizens should be able, first of all, to pursue the American dream without government intrusion and interference into their private and personal lives. 
You know, and I'm not talking about private and personal lives of just straight people or gay people, any people, anyone, anyone. They should have the right to their private personal lives without government intrusion and interference. And that's government intrusion in their politics or their economy. Americans have need, and they need to reclaim this, the, those private and individual freedoms and rights that have been, uh, that have been swallowed up uh, or overruled by policies by uh, unaccountable politicians and bureaucrats in Washington. Politicians should answer to the voters and citizens rather than to special interests, lobbyists, or the loudest protesters, or worse yet, to the liberal media, my friends. They should answer to the voters and the citizens. There are many public policies, my friends, that have been restricted, that have restricted, should I say, that restrict economic opportunities and job growth. And they do it in the name of public safety. For example, for example, you know, the, the situation that we've got with someone opening a restaurant, uh, we want them to be very, very careful. We want them to be, you know, health conscious, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, there are situations where you've got, where, where a, a restaurant has got to be careful how they, how much gas they use. They've got to be careful how much oil they use. They've got to be careful uh, what kind of, of uh, silverware or plasticware or even bottles they use. Uh, you know, in California, they can't, a restaurant can't give out straws. They can't. Not anymore. Plastic straws are out of it. In, uh, in, in, they can't use plastic cups either in California. So, I mean, you know, these are situations, my friends, that infringe, that infringe on a private business. Again, my friends, I will say I can understand public safety issues, cleanliness, et cetera, et cetera. But there are situations that exceed it. The size of a sign, for example, the lights, the, the, the lights that a restaurant can use are regulated. They have to be lights that, uh, that provide or that are, are uh, uh, energy efficient. Well, okay. But do you realize how much more an energy efficient light bulb costs than a uh, than one that uh, than a regular one, or how long it lasts, how much less it lasts? You know, the economic freedom, my friends, is based on the principle of the American dream that it allows the individual to reap the rewards of their own hard work. Lower taxes, smaller government, less government intrusion so that the citizens can keep more of what they earn, uh, you know, and then use it as they best, as they want to, as they, you know, in their best interest without harming others. There's personal satisfaction, my friends, that comes from economic success uh, and, and from the, the individual being able to manage their own wealth they've created. Socialism, on the other hand, has become popular among many, many uh, Americans uh, because uh, they are proposing policies that will restrict personal and economic freedoms, and they don't know it. They don't know it. They say it's in the name of, uh, of community, of what's best for the community. Supporters of socialism uh, describe it as a, chari- as a symptom, a system rather, as a system that is charitable towards the less, less fortunate. But uh, in reality, my friends, it's government-forced charity. Charity and welfare should come from the heart, not forcefully from the pockets of people, of citizens. If, uh, if Republicans want to oppose socialism, they should stand fast on, uh, to support economic freedom because that's what it's all about. Thanks to uh, liberal and leftist politicians and bureaucrats that are at the state, federal, and local levels, They've made it very, very difficult for the average person to create their own legitimate business, their own, to create their own wealth. You know, my friends, anybody who wants to open a business, a private business, quickly recognizes how much, uh, how much they've got to jump through the hoops. The second thing that they recognize immediately 
is how many taxes they've got to pay for this, for that, for this, for that. Well, and in some cases, they're not called taxes. They're called fees, okay? Because heaven forbid that uh, we, we, get co- we call them taxes. They're fees. Democrats' message and policies, they're based on groupthink. They're based on group politics, and they divide people according to race, gender, class, and anything else that's identifiable to them. It is that kind of group tyranny and mentality that allows the government to implement these ridiculous policies. And they're not even fair, my friends. They're not even fair. You have, for example, minority and women uh, rules and regulations or specifications for minority and women. And those rules and regulations are much more uh, are, are, are much more lenient than the ones for non-minorities and, non, and, and, and males. And that, my friends, that smacks of favoritism. That smacks of, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, Republicans need to challenge socialism and stop compromising their values and their policy positions because they fear criticism. The, la- the, the, the worst criticism that is heaped constantly against anyone opposing socialism, my friends, is that, get this, get this, that you're not Christian, that you're not Christian. Well, what's fascinating about that, let's look at, at, at the Chick-fil-A situation here in San Antonio, the Chick-fil-A situation here in San Antonio. The owners are practicing Christians, however— the business itself does not discriminate in any form or fashion. They serve chicken to everybody and anybody, as long as you got the, the cash. They uh, hire anybody and everybody as long as you pass the physical. But that's not good enough. The socialists, the leftists in the government, the radicals, they want to shut this uh, organization down because they're practicing Christians. And as practicing Christians... They don't believe in gay marriage. Well, again, my friends, who cares who you marry? Why do you, I mean, let the, or, or, or who cares if they don't care that you get married? Who cares? How does that affect you? Well, that affects the way that they, that they, uh, that they vote, that they contribute to. Uh, yes, they do. But you can contribute and you can vote as well. I mean, you know, it's all about the votes. Let's remember what happened in California. Let's remember very, very clearly what happened in California. California had a vote to define marriage. And the voters that spoke the loudest, two-thirds of them, were folks who supported the idea of a man and a wo- of marriage being defined as a man and a woman. That was the voters. They decided that. Okay. A few months later, after that vote had taken place, the, uh, the courts in California overturned it. And, uh, I mean, so what, you know, the voters, it, it didn't matter what they said. It was overturned. My friends, socialism is a tyranny. It is a tyranny by a few over the many. And it masquerades as being helpful. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Thank you for being with us uh, today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his Internet website, elconservador.net You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.
Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep and talking to uh, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Dwayne Stovall. And Dwayne is uh, seeking a spot on the uh, in the general election in November 2020 uh, as an independent uh, in the uh, Senate race, in the U.S. Senate race. And uh, we wanted to chat with... Uh, with Dwayne to find out uh, exactly where uh, you know where he's coming from, what uh, has encouraged him to do this, what uh, what is his vision uh, as far as that uh, goes to be a, um, uh, a a candidate for uh, Senate uh, in what is considered a very very uh, well. I'm not sure we can say anymore that it's a very very though did with uh, in his challenge to Cruz. So uh, let's find out. Uh, welcome to the show, Dwayne. Uh, thank you for being with us. Tell us what uh, what are you up to? What uh, what has encouraged you? What is your vision? Why are you running as an independent? Wow, where to start? Thanks for having me here, George. Um, running as an independent it was a um, long time coming decision. I'm a lifelong Republican. I've been very active in the Republican Party for many years. I've been a delegate to the state convention numerous times for years. I uh, have authored two of the party planks on the platform. Been basically one of those in the trenches who was doing the work and and making the uh, the trying to make the work successful in trying to protect those conservative principles, those original Jeffersonian-style principles we have of limited government. And uh, it's been failing miserably for many years, most of my life. Um, those in the in the higher end of the Republican Party, the leadership, have basically lied to us uh, for, for years on end on how conservative they are about their bona fides, how they're going to protect our principles, how they're going to take care of Texas the way they're supposed to. And and it has become plain as the nose on your face that they just they just consistently lie to us. They don't really fight for anything. They don't do anything to try and protect our moral values, tra- traditional principles here in Texas. And about 12, 14 years ago, I started down a personal path of, of uh, understanding and self-education of the Constitution and, and the source documents. And, and many things kind of led to this this path that I'm on. Uh, I took a special affinity for the spot of U.S. Senate, and I know as much about that position as, as just about anybody. Um, there, there are some people that know quite a bit more than me, but they've been studying it all their lives. It, it's rare to find anybody that knows a whole lot about that position or what its original intent was supposed to be. You will never learn what that position is supposed to do by watching people like John Cornyn, who incessantly... Um, does things that are to the detriment of Texans and Texas as a whole. Now, let me ask you, because, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're bringing up a very important point here. If you run, or when you run, uh, as an independent, you will be running against the Republican, which is the incumbent, John Cornyn, and you will be running against a Democrat. And at this point, uh, most people are talking about uh, uh, that that's going to be uh, Congressman uh, San Antonio Congressman uh, Joaquin Castro. Now, those are two individuals that have great name or big, big name recognition. Uh, what would your strategy be as far as trying to take on uh, a powerful Democrat, a well-known Democrat like that, uh, as well as a um, an incumbent, uh, I'll use the word entrenched, uh, Republican? Well, the way you go about this is you, you reach out to those voters who don't participate. Texas is in a very odd situation where the parties are shrinking. Uh, their participation rates are going down. They make a lot of noise. Uh, in, in the, I'll give you one data point. In the Republican Party in the last primary, we had about one out of ten registered voters who actually participated. Uh, round numbers, you got about 16 million voters in the state of Texas. Of those 16 million, 13.5 million of them do not participate in any uh, party primary. Out of those 13.5 million, over 7.5 million of those don't vote at all. They don't even participate in November. So those numbers are, are getting larger, while those that actually participate in the primaries are getting smaller, and you're getting these more and more hyper-party, hyper-partisan types of of characters who are running the party. 
And and the establishment, we always joke about the establishment doing this or the establishment doing that. They actually control the primary cycle to the point where you constantly get these people like John Cornyn. And I find it interesting that uh, uh, Castro would be running in this if he decides to run it. I haven't heard, but if he decides to run, those two are very, very close. They, I mean, you've got John Cornyn endorsing um, one of the Castro brothers for the for HUD. And they and they've been very supportive of each other for a very very long time. This is almost it. It just really boggles the mind. It, why would they? Why would they even run anybody against him? He's been the best thing to happen to the Democratic Party for the last two decades. Now, in, in, you know, someone would say that that is bipartisanship. Yes, and uh, you know, when we talk about bipartisanship, uh, it, it seems to me, and again, this is my observation after uh, you know years of being involved in politics. Uh, it seems like the country keeps drifting to the left because uh, the folks who are supposed to be on the right keep compromising. What do you think about that? Well, that's a fact. Politics only moves left. It only moves left. I mean, that's a historical fact. It, it will, and and compromise only benefits the. Um, in this situation, would be the left, the the progressive, the Marxist progressive, what the Democrat Party has become today. They. Every time they take an ideological stance, which they do regularly every single day, uh, our illustrious Republicans or faux Republicans or however you want to call them come forward and they, they offer the olive branch or whatever. They negotiate away principles. It always works to the um, detriment of the conservative uh, principled Republican Party faithful. Always. So you end up with what we have today, which is a Republican Party that on its face is basically progressive. We're now negotiating between whether you want a big government Democrat or a big government Republican. They respond almost the same in every instance. Now, the Republican Party doesn't have the same rhetoric because the Democrat Party has become basically insane. We all know that they're absolutely crazy, that that the people that lead their party are, are looking to run us into ruination over taxation and tyranny and, and oversized government and implementing their, their will on us. Uh, they have no reserve, no uh, conscious uh, respect for property rights or anything like that. But on the Republican side, they basically do the exact same thing, just with softer rhetoric. They're big government as anybody on the planet. So what do you it, get? It, it, it seems to be that uh, we're caught between uh, a hardline Stalinist Democrat uh, approach and, and a, a softer, gentler uh, <laughs> yes, you can't look at the last um, – we're going to be going on two decades of John Corner being in office. And I actually started following him shortly after he got into office. I voted for him. And when he got into office, he basically started voting to increase the debt and increase the size and scope of the government from the get-go. He's voted for every dime that we've got today in debt. Uh, every destructive uh, bill that's come through that's damaged the dollar, the value of the dollar. Inflation is basically um, – part and parcel to their behavior with our dollar. So our dollar, they create inflation. He comes back and blames it all on the Democrats while he's voting with the Democrats to grow the government and grow the debt. It's insanity. Now, what do you say to people who, who say that you are, by running as an independent, you're going to take votes away from the Republican and you're going to guarantee, their words, you're going to guarantee a uh, Democrat victory? What do you talk, tell people like that? Uh, they need to find a better argument because it, it's there's no logical that that argument is is a fallacy and the fallacy is in order for you to actually believe that you're going to have a worse outcome you have to believe or you have to have a foundation that the incumbent is actually a conservative with limited government principles and he's not. So what they're saying is, if you run, we run a risk of getting a big government Democrat instead of our big government Republican. And I'm a guy who says no more. We, we can't afford this. And I'm a Texan. My family's been in Texas for 175 years. We, we want to see Texas protected the way that position was supposed to be. Roger Sherman said... Uh, Excuse me, George Mason said clearly that this position was supposed to be uh, what he called a mechanism of self-defense for the states against the federal. What it's turned into with people like Cornyn is that the U.S. Senate position is being used with the federal to implement their will on uh, us here in Texas. Uh, give, us, give us one more time in the time that we've got left. 
give us one more or give us again your your view of what the role the constitutional role of of a, of a senator is supposed to be well a senator is nothing more than a, a, a gopher between the state legislature and the and the federal they have one question that's over overrides everything that they do and that is to decide whether or not it's in the best interest of the state of texas uh for, for what they're looking at is it constitutional and what it does to texas other than that you gotta ask, we texans are gonna have to ask ourselves outside of those limited authorities that were loaned to the federal government by the states who needs to manage texas is it going to be us texans among ourselves to decide according to our moral values and traditions how we're going to manage this state or is it going to be a few hundred elitists a thousand miles to our east that we're never going to know and never going to be able to influence who are going to run our lives and i think that's kind of where we're at we're going to have to answer that question. So uh, in the in the little time left, uh, we've got about a minute to, uh, left. W- tell folks how they can uh, follow you, where they can find you, and uh, what they can do to uh, read more about you. They can go to less, uh, excuse me, lessdcmoretx.com or on Facebook. They can go to facebook.com forward slash Texans for Stovall. <coughs> excuse me. Or they can go to um if they tweet, they can go to at Dwayne Stovall, D-W-A-Y-N-E-S-T-O-V-A-L-L. And they can go to Putting Texas First if they want to join the campaign. Or they can go to RedBlueOrTexas.com and sign up for pledging a signature to the petition that's going to get me on the ballot as an independent. Wonderful. Once again, my friends, this has been uh, my good friend uh, Dwayne Stovall. Uh, who is uh, seeking a spot on the uh, 2020 general election, running for U.S. Senate. And uh, we want to thank him for coming on. Uh, Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from uh, San Antonio, KLUP, 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Thank you. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 